Good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening. Folks, thank you very, very much for listening. The date today is the 20th of November, year of our Lord, 2020. Welcome to another episode of Shoot the J. I am currently recording this at 3.16 in the afternoon, uh, central time, mind you. So we are just about two hours away from free agency officially opening um, in the NBA. And that's actually kind of, I guess, what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about a move that should have been completed around 6 o'clock Eastern time, if not a little bit later. Um, Look, I've tried recording this episode twice now, and I just get so mad and so uncomposed that it just, it turns, it gets derailed and it just turns into a bad episode. Like the full transparency, this is really a frustrating situation to me. Um, but it's something that I know a, a good a good chunk of, of not just Bucks fans, but just, I guess, basketball fans, my followers. Um, you guys have asked me to kind of break this down a little bit as best as I can. So this is obviously all going to be from my perspective, um, from how I was experiencing it. It's going to differ a little bit. Some people are going to be doing a little bit deeper dives. And what I mean by this, I'll get into in just a second. Today's episode, as you can obviously see by the title, we're going to be breaking down the timeline of the failed sign and trade for Bogdan Bogdanovich by the Milwaukee Bucks, trying to acquire him from the Sacramento Kings. Now, I did make an episode. Uh, my the last episode actually was covering the Drew Holiday trade and and covering the excuse me the the Bogdanovich sign and trade. You know whether it was too much or whatever. Um, I gave my full thoughts on everything uh, just a few days ago. If you want to check that out, you can. I'm not really going to go into the returns here today, but let's just start to talk a little bit about. You know what went down, um, why things fell apart, and and again just the overall timeline of this. So it's about one in the morning Eastern time on the seventeenth. Um, I guess technically it was draft day. I believe when it happened. I believe it was the seventeenth that the tweet went out um, that the Sacramento Kings have agreed to a sign and trade to send Bogdan Bogdanovich to the Milwaukee Bucks in exchange for Ersan Ilyasova. DJ Wilson, and Dante DiVincenzo. Now, mind you, um, while a lot of people were asleep, Bucks fans were certainly awake because this was just maybe an hour after the Drew Holiday trade was made official. And it was like 20 minutes after that that there were rumblings that like, oh my gosh, this Bogdanovich thing actually has, they, they, there's traction. This this is a real thing that could actually happen. Um, and at the time, we were all excited and it was kind of like, you know, whatever, like, Cool. This is it. we weren't really thinking about the logistics. It wasn't something that was talked about. It wasn't like a wait a minute. Can they can they can they really announce this? Can they make it official? Free agency doesn't open for like three days. What are we What are we doing right here? So it's whatever. Bucks fans are riding high. They don't care. We get to about I don't know within the the closing hours of the NBA draft on Wednesday, the 18th, kicking off, and there are some. I mean, there's this this some whispers. That all of the sudden got really loud that this thing is starting to fall apart. And the main reason is, well, there were a few of them. One, it was because of it was again, it was a logistical thing that Milwaukee wasn't allowed to actually make this move, or at least it wasn't allowed to be um, made official or made public. This agreement wasn't allowed to be um, reported because it goes against tampering rules um, that the NBA has so severely cracked down on in the last few years, but remain inconsistent about which will dive into that here in a few minutes um and then one of the other things that we're hearing is that Bogdanovich uh wasn't consulted that he is not on board with this at all that he has no interest in playing in Milwaukee and we learned via the athletic today 
that Giannis has been actively recruiting him for some time now. I don't believe it gave a specific amount of time. I could be wrong there, but Giannis has been very active in trying to get him to come to the Bucks. So one theory that was proposed, um, and I believe it was Brian Winhorst on national television more or less confirmed this, saying Bogdanovich says he doesn't want to be there just to sort of save face and make it look like, wait a minute, no, yeah, I didn't want this to happen. Like, I am i don't agree to this. This isn't a thing that's actually happening. Um, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, I'm definitely coming to Milwaukee. But, oh, no, I don't actually want to do this. Um, so, mind you, like I said, this is, like, right on the heels of the draft. So, me as, as a Pistons fan, I'm focused on my team. I'm kind of, I'm reading all this, and I'm seeing the, the frenzy that Bucks fans are being sent into, and I'm like, we'll get to it later, guys. We'll talk about it later, because I think everything's going to be fine. I think it's going to work out. Right now, I need to know, who are the Pistons taking? And then, like, the Trevor Ariza trade happens, and we get 16, and it's like, okay, so we have another draft pick. What else is going to be happening, right? So, I'm kind of in my own world, and we'll figure this out later. So, this is what I meant, where I think Obviously, certain Bucks fans were doing deeper dives into what was happening, and there was a lot more concern for them because they didn't have a lot to look forward to in the draft um, considering the Drew Holiday trade. All they had was, what, two second-rounders. Um, so I was kind of like I, – I genuinely thought like everything was going to be fine, but I was still reading everything that I could about it. And as the draft is happening, all of this is kind of getting buried because there's such a tremendous news cycle in basketball with all the picks and the trades that are happening that this thing is really about to the wheels have completely fallen off and it could be completely dead in the water. And sure enough, Shams tweets out today that the Milwaukee Bucks are no longer pursuing Bogdan Bogdanovich. Now, a key detail that I did leave out was in between all of this, Milwaukee actually waived Ersan Ilyasova, who was obviously involved in the sign-and-trade deal, would have been sent to Sacramento. Now, the key piece was Dante DiVincenzo, and DJ Wilson is just like, whatever, have him, who cares? Same with Ilyasova, but it was it was Dante that was really the interesting piece here. He was, it was The trade was more or less centered on him uh, in the return for Sacramento. By waiving Ersan, it was like, okay, so this thing, it, it, there's nothing there. Like there's now there's no traction. It's completely dead. And then obviously, like I said, Shams confirmed it today that Milwaukee's done. The NBA comes out and says, we're opening um, an investigation to look into any potential tampering that may have that may have gone on. Okay, and there's a there's a problem there with that. And that problem is that in September of 2019, okay, just over a year ago, the Milwaukee Bucks were fined what I think fifty thousand dollars. Sorry if there's a little bit of background noise there. I had to mess with my filter the milwaukee bucks were fined fifty thousand dollars for tampering okay that's literally what it was the official ruling that was given by the nba was uh fifty thousand dollars for violating league rules governing the timing of discussions regarding future player contracts and permissible commitments to players so what happened was it was like a uh like a fan event i don't know if it was like a season ticket holder event. i don't know what was really going on um but fans were allowed to talk to bud and talked to like Darvin Ham and John Horst was there as well. And they were able to ask them questions. Well, one fan asked, hey, what is the long-term plan with Giannis? And John Horst gave a very diplomatic answer. He said, we cannot talk about this right now, but a year from now, Giannis will be able, will be uh, eligible for a Supermax extension and we will offer him the Supermax extension. And it was that, it was that last bit right there. Uh, committing to obviously offering him the contract that it tipped off the NBA. And they said, oh, you're not allowed to do that. And it's like, I mean, 
What did you expect him to say? That is a very diplomatic answer. And it's just, it's, it, it does nothing to destroy the integrity of the league itself as if Milwaukee wasn't going to do that. And it has nothing, like, obviously it was the consensus. It literally does nothing to damage any image that the league has that Milwaukee was like, yeah, we have one of the best players on the planet. He was the MVP at that time. He ended up becoming the MVP again and the defensive player of the year. Yeah, we, 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 I don't know. It's we're gonna it's gonna be ambiguous. Who knows what we're gonna do? It was absolutely ridiculous. And ultimately, today it's the timing um, that pisses everybody off because we hear that the Bucks are no longer pursuing Bogdanovich. That's okay. It's you know what, man. It is what it is. But then the next report that comes out related to Bogdan is that the Lakers are expected to pursue him. That has to be the most egregious timing of all time, and I cannot imagine what's going to happen to people if it actually happens. Okay, Because it is obviously LeBron and Rich Paul and Clutch Sports that have really flipped this whole tampering thing upside down. I mean, we can go through the timeline. I don't really know. I try to keep these short. You guys know me, um, so I don't really want to do it. I don't care. You know what? Let's let's. I'm just gonna try to riff off the top of my head and see how many things I can remember. Let's do it. So the first major one that comes to mind, um, I guess not the first one because the first one is is recency bias, and you think Anthony Davis. Um, after the decision, and LeBron goes to Miami, Dan Gilbert launches like a private investigation into the whole thing, and he's like, "Nah, there was something going on." And then um, because I there were reports that they had been talking uh, like early as early as like two years prior when they were in Beijing for the Olympics that LeBron and uh, Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh were talking about getting the band together someday and, and figuring something out, wherever that may be. And then David Stern comes out and says something along the lines of we basically got together and told the owners that these three players are totally within their rights to determine their own destinies and we don't consider that tampering based on the way that our game has evolved and based on the way that our player empowerment movement hasn't has evolved and people were like i mean i guess but if they're behind the scenes talking about doing all this stuff how is it different from from what Giannis was doing with bogdanovich we know it's a very it's it's not a secret it's an open secret that tampering happens in the nba everybody knows it then the next one is, okay, so LeBron goes home and he goes to Cleveland. And I think it was like the next day, or if not the day of, that he calls Kevin Love. And at the time, I think I think Kevin Love was either, he had one year left. It was either one and then a player option, or I think he just had one year left. And it was, again, an open secret that he was going to be a free agent the next season, um, that he would rather get paid somebody, somewhere else where he can actually win and play basketball. Like Golden State was the big thing. Uh, actually, no, that was just a trade. People thought that he was going to get traded for Clay Thompson and Kevin Martin. Um, that's what that was. He wasn't going to get signed there. But um, then LeBron like calls him, and he's like, yeah, I want you to come here. Like, I want you to be our guy. And that just kind of solidified it, solidified it for him. And so he left. And obviously they had to wait like 60 days until they could actually trade Andrew Wiggins um, because he was a rookie, they had just picked him up. So, like, it was this whole thing, and then the trade almost fell apart, and then people were, like, questioning LeBron's role in it, even though he was obviously the maestro that got the whole thing together, and it was absurd. So there's another example by LeBron. Also, do we even need to mention the fact that Draymond literally, like, called 
uh, Kevin Durant like crying in the parking lot of Oracle Arena, and then they all went to the Hamptons together, and then they all they Kevin Durant with the cap spike signs in Golden State. There's another one for you. It was no secret to anybody. It was none at all that for like a the better part of like a year and a half, LeBron was trying to orchestrate a trade for Anthony Davis, and he was he got in trouble for it. And then he was like, well, I'm playing by the rules. But you're not. You're publicly saying that you want to play with this guy. And it's like a wink-wink thing. And then on national television, you talk about how... Uh, you, I'm sorry, he wasn't talking about... He was making jokes about tampering. Like, you can't tamper in the All-Star game. Ha-ha. On national TV, they're doing the All-Star draft. And it's like, ha-ha, that's cute. In retrospect, like, I thought it was funny at the time. Now I'm pissed off about it. And don't get it twisted. Like, I love LeBron. I think he's the greatest basketball player of all time. And, like, he's my guy through and through. The day he retires is going to be the saddest day of my life. I am a huge LeBron guy. I think you guys know that. But what the hell, man? At some point, you cannot have this double standard with tampering. There has to be a point where this... Listen, the the NBA is a capitalist league, obviously. They want their best assets in the most profitable situations. And apparently, the NBA does not view Giannis in Milwaukee as such. Because it just feels like they're doing whatever they can to get him out of there. Milwaukee finally facilitates these moves where it's like, okay, I feel pretty good about not only Giannis's chances at staying, which I already felt pretty confident about before, but now it's like, okay... But they also maximize their their window to win a championship. And it just feels like it's all getting torn down. And it's frustrating. And then another one was what? In, when Remember the whole, I don't remember what year it was, 2016, 2017 maybe? DeAndre Jordan, for like three weeks before free agency starts, is like in Dallas with like Chandler Parsons. And then like Mark Cuban's there. And they're like at a club. And he just like shows up with all of, like coincidentally, the whole cast of Shark Tank at the time just like shows up and he's like, oh my gosh, how are you? well, you guys are here. And then they have this great big like month long pitch to DeAndre Jordan. And then they get a verbal commitment that he's going to sign with the, Mal- the Mavericks and he's going to leave the Clippers. And then during moratorium, he flips and it was this whole thing. Tampering. Again, there's another one for you. This happens all the time. And the elephant in the room here is Woe shouldn't have said anything. That's, that's the reality of it. Mike Babcock deleted a tweet on draft night that involved the Gallinari sign-and-trade to Dallas. Now, there are several reasons why he could have deleted the tweet. One of them is because, A, it fell apart. Um, B, maybe he was just wrong. Like, he was wrong, and then there was a... I mean, obviously, the trade didn't happen. Or C, because someone was like, hey, you're going to want to delete this in case something does actually happen, and then we don't suffer the same fate that Milwaukee's going through right now. Like, he had the presence of mind, at, at the very least, he tweeted it out, and it was a dumb thing to tweet, considering you can't you can't finalize anything like that for a few days. Obviously, today, now you can. But it's irrevocably irresponsible. And someone who is as, as knowledgeable and as aware of the rules as woes should be, what, what, come on, man. I have not yet seen a point that makes me feel like I shouldn't be mad at Woj, but I am. And I maybe I'm completely wrong. I know there are some conspiracy theories out there as well that this was, like, leaked out there um, by Bogdanovich's agent in order to, like, get this whole thing to happen. And that way he can get more money from a different team, use this as, like, a leverage thing. Um, well, I think it could be true. I think he could have just flat out gotten more money somewhere else 
And um, I actually, okay, I guess maybe that's, so, okay, so that's probably what it is. They're like, oh, wait, we don't actually want him in Milwaukee. We want him somewhere else so that he can get paid more. Okay, actually, that, that does make sense. And that, that could be. So it could be an agent thing as well. Who knows? I'm not mad at John Horst. I'm not mad at the Bucks. I don't think they did anything wrong. I think you should have had a verbal agreement and then just kind of like hung up the phone, been like, I will call you on Friday at 6 o'clock. And we'll we'll talk about it then. We'll hash it out. It sucks a lot. It's literally like what a year or two ago that the NBA sends out um, a memo to every team, and they're like, "Hey, stop tampering! Like we know what's going on. Please stop doing it. Stop doing it so publicly." I also the reason I brought up earlier the fact that the Bucks have already gotten in trouble for tampering, like they did a year ago in the whole John Horse thing, which they shouldn't have gotten in trouble for. I don't care if it's only fifty thousand dollars; they shouldn't have gotten in trouble for it. Um, Anthony Davis shows up to the last game of the year. Wearing a shirt that says, that's all, folks. You think that was a coincidence? Because he tried to play it off like it was. You and I both know it wasn't. Turns out, that was it. He was right. That was it, folks. He packed his bags and he went to Los Angeles. Literally, the reason that LeBron... Okay, so what prompted the memo, if memory serves, the Lakers and the Pelicans are playing. And after the game, LeBron is like, I'd love to play with Anthony Davis. That would be a dream. That would be amazing. And it's like, technically, yeah, you should be able to say something like that. I get it, but, you know, you should be able to say something. It's like, whatever. Like, Bob Myers the other day had to preface, like, I am i don't mean to tamper, but, like, everybody loves Clay Thompson and everybody loves Derrick Rose. I'm just saying it as it is. I'm not implying anything. Like, whatever. Like, sometimes you really have to tiptoe around it, and sometimes it's annoying. But it was very clear what Rich Paul and Clutch Sports and LeBron were doing with this whole Anthony Davis thing. It isn't. It isn't. I mean, come on. Don't be blind. Don't be an idiot. Then they go and have dinner. And it's like, what do you think they talked about? There's nothing wrong with them having dinner. But you and I both know what was talked about at some point, at least. It's annoying to me. So anyways, the reason I bring up the the Bucks getting fined for tampering is because I just wonder if they're found guilty in any way. If it's going to result in like a draft pick loss that like jeopardizes the Drew Holiday trade or something. Because if that happens, I'm snapping and I, I don't know if you'll ever see me again. I don't think that, that it, that's going to happen. That's maybe a little bit too extreme. Um, but I'm just I'm just tossing it out there. I just wanted to throw it out there. Might be something I'm forgetting here. The too long didn't read if you weren't able to keep up is basically the Bucks agreed to a sign and trade before they were actually able to sign. The Kings were actually able to sign the player that they wanted to trade. And because it got out, it's considered tampering because the Bucks were talking to a player that they weren't allowed to talk to because he didn't actually play for them. I, th- I think that's probably the best way that I can explain it. And honestly, I, I don't, I'm, I'm probably leaving some stuff out. Sometimes it's difficult for me to do like 20 minute rants just by myself because then I'm just like really trying to get everything out all at once. Should probably take some notes. <sighs> whole thing is just really frustrating to me man um i think the bucks are gonna figure it out something will materialize they can go after i don't know like jetty osman or something they're still gonna have no matter what in their starting five they're gonna have four of the best 20 defenders in the nba in a starting lineup so i feel confident that they're going to be fine and hey now dante's back on the bench dante divincenzo is back folks and like he could be on the move again, but as it stands, he's back on the bench. So that's something, I guess. Um, if you made it this far, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very, very much. I know you guys are as mad about this as I am. It was really, it was, it was very hard to stay composed. That I don't think I did a very good job. It was worse in other takes, I promise. 
Thank you very, very much for listening, you guys. Um, if you're listening to this on uh, Apple Podcast, be sure to rate five stars and subscribe. Thank you very much, everybody. I will catch you guys in the next one.